What's up, Blake? Sorry, I had to bail on you guys on that last one. Well, Blake's back. <laughs> I had a serious bowel movement strike strike me. God, had that short rib, wasn't it? Son, come out longer than it was when I ate it. <laughs> when in short, came out long. Just be glad you don't have a hemorrhoid. Oh, gosh, that thing would have greased right on by a hemorrhoid. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> Dude, I didn't know what happened to you. You just got up and rolled out. I, I mean, me and Chili thought might have thought you was getting mad at us or something, dude. No. Thought we offended you. Well, y'all know I have been wanting to run for office. <laughs> and uh kind of ticking me off, but good gosh almighty, son. Just yes. rolled on out. Should have came back in. That's serious. <laughs> Chili, what's up with that shirt you got on, dude? Yeah, man. We should have uh should have been done talking about it. I uh I just figured, you know, all the talk about Chili getting beat at PT and you know, I'm just getting a lot of hate. Hate on the internet. So I just thought I'd make this in response. The pale horse killer shirt. Actually I didn't make it. Well, you know, the more of a megastar you become, the more hate you're going to get, right? I'm not a megastar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this shirt was made by Brother David Vahey, the Pale Horse Killer shirt. If you go on the YouTube, maybe you can see it pretty good. It's really an epic shirt. Dude. Oh, it's, it's freaking awesome. That might would be a bestseller if we sold it. Yeah, there ain't but two of them in circulation. I like it like that. One for you, one for me. That that is a epic shirt, dude. Oh yeah, he probably would. Um, he would probably make more for us, but I don't think anyone would buy it anyway. It's really just meant for me. It's a one of a kind. I have There's a feel, two, I have a feeling in five years you'll be able to autograph that shirt and sell it for like a quarter million. I mean, for charity purposes, you know what I mean? Chad, no. You might could. No, man. Your fame is growing. Uh, first of all, I'm thankfully, I can provably refute you on that. And second of all, I don't want it to, even if it was. Well, um, But lucky for me, it's not. Dude. My fame is, uh, I'm not famous. And I pray, thank God for that. Well, I guess that's why I went into a bike shop slash coffee shop uh, in Milton, Georgia, yesterday, where I have no ties to this place, and someone comes up to me and starts talking to me, and part of their conversation, they were a, a, a fan, part of their conversation was... Uh, What's up? What's up with this chili guy? Like, well, listen, how how do you explain that? Three of seven is growing, and and by the, by oh, what do you? By the way, there are fans, and there are people that are part of the body of Three of Seven Project. Okay, this guy was a fan. He he ain't no he 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 ain't know nothing about what Three of Seven actually was. He was like a a, a guy that watched. The Mid-State Mile 
on Instagram, right? That's a fan, right? Which we're thankful for. Yeah, yeah. I'm thankful for that. I'm just... Well, dang, you know, I didn't yeah. meet this guy. I would have met him. I mean, it, I guess you talked to him long enough, and he's not really... He's not a podcast listener? No, I told him about the podcast. Well, that's but, good. you know... um, you know, he asked, what's up with Chili, man? Well, yeah. that was his claim to fame, Chili's uh, Mid-State Mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was where his initial step into being a megastar, that was it. Mm-hmm. He did such a good job out there, man. Yep. I, you know, when, you put, when, we, when I put Chili in charge of covering that race, I thought, man, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> I know, you know, that, you know, but he just crushed it, dude. And the people love him. The people love you, Chili. I think what is happening is there's a few people that have told you, they're like, hey, man, uh, you know, we like you, Blake, and Chili. And and so a couple people have been like, oh, Chili. So that's that's got it in your head that, like, the – the people love you, man. That that because like two people have said something about me, you've got it in your head that I'm famous or whatever word you like to use. That's well, not the well, case, man. Listen, it, and I'll, it's, I'll reaffirm that in Chad that that things can happen a couple times. Yeah, and he will. That's uh, exactly what he happened. He will say that they happen a lot. He heard but, somebody mention my name, and he was like, "My gosh, Julie's catching on." <laughs> I mean, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, and I like it that way. Please, but. Uh, that's what happened. Somebody was like, "Hey, man, you are the Luke Skywalker of Three of Seven Project." What does that mean? I've ne- what is that? You're Who is the young that? Who's Jedi, he? dude. Who's he? Luke Skywalker for real? You don't know Luke Skywalker? Oh, okay. You you got to watch the old the old school Star Wars. I've never seen. Like, I've never watched Star Wars. And you're in the you're in the freaking Space Force, Force and, and you never seen Star Wars? That's fake crap, man. I live it. You understand me? I live Star Wars. I've 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 heard of that movie, but I I've can't never wait seen. to see the memes that Jeff Forster puts out off these the past two episodes. <laughs> Look, I'm Yoda. <laughs> You're Luke Skywalker. I know who Yoda. Is. That's the green alien. Yeah, I'm Yoda. You're Luke. Yoda. Darth tr- Vader. Yoda brought when Luke Skywalker met Darth Vader. met Han Solo. Blake's Han Solo. I'm Jabba the Hutt. No, you ain't Jabba. <laughs> Who's that? Who, who is? Who, who are could, these people? Who could be Jabba? Uh, we gotta find the dang Jabba the Hutt, man. Poppy. <laughs> <laughs> He's Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> who the crap Holy are these crap. people? Blake is Han Solo. So when when Luke Skywalker meets Han Solo, Hans is like Luke. The force is strong with you, man. You got to go spend some time with Yoda. And so Luke goes into this swamp. He he crash he he actually crashes his ship in this swamp where Yoda is. He's Yoda's like a legend. He he he's supposed to be in here somewhere, right? I sound like Yoda. And so no, you ain't Yoda. So then finally, <laughs> Luke Skywalker links up with Yoda. And Yoda develops Luke Skywalker. Oh, I get it now. Through the ranks <laughs> I of, get of becoming a Jedi, right? I don't know. Chili, man, the Force is with you strong, son. The you, for- ha- you have got to. I, listen, there's this 
Navy SEAL Wizard Hermit. I, I can tell you where he resides. You're going to have to go spend some time with him and let him develop you. And you'll be somebody one day if you follow in his footsteps. <laughs> I'll be somebody if I do that. Yeah. You keep yeah. you keep staying under my tutelage, and you will be somebody. He'll have you in that niche you need to be in. Niche. Man, them niches are strong. <laughs> well, you know... Uh, you know, you, you have you do make a few people mad whenever you Chili, do you run do you understand how many people would pay to be in your position? Don't for don't forget, man. Huh? I, position? I, I trained for years, man, so that I could build you up. I trained for years so that I could build you up to be the Jedi that you will become. What? All right. What are you talking about? I, literally, you just said several things. I need you to clarify. Literally, part of—I mean, a big part of the reason that I that I trained for years as a seal was because I, I God for knew me. God knew there was going to be a day that there was going to be this young man named Trilly, and he 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 was going to need he he had all the raw material, but he was going to need to be tutelaged. By somebody. Chili Skywalker. I think That's the word right. is tootled. Chad's going to have to tootle you. He, would go, <laughs> he just needed to be tootled. All right? Now, see. There, what are you there, talking about? People there, pay to be there, in my shoes. See, I don't See, I don't coach people. People would pay to be so look, uh, tootled I, by you. I, <laughs> you yeah, should look, offer that as a uh, tootling service. <laughs> <laughs> you can't buy my tutelage. All right? It ain't for sale. Yeah. I I'm want not, to buy it. I, I, I don't coach people, man. Right? But you'll tootle. The, the, <laughs> the, the tootle that you are getting. I'm paying you to be tootled. Next time we get some You're requests. You're getting paid to be tootled. We get requests time to time. Uh, people say, be. does Chad do one-on-one -on -one coaching? I'm going to say, no, but he'll tootle you. <laughs> <laughs> say, you ever been tootled? Oh, man. I, I mean. Man, that's the new thing. Nobody. There's no life coaches or nothing. Toodler. You just put that in the Instagram <laughs> bio. Toodler. Level five toodler. <laughs> Elite toodling. <laughs> look, Chili. Look, man. I'm don't, looking. Don't, don't take it for granted, dude. You know, it's like this paddle trip, dude. You know, what a you know, this is this is part of your tutelage. And, you know, you're starting to take things for granted. What, what you don't understand is uh, people, are, people are, are really want, they really want what you're getting paid to receive. What a grand position you're in, young Jedi. He sounds pretty arrogant. <laughs> I, we need to let him go talk to Tom Wright for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yep. Tom sees it. Yeah. Tom, I'm working on him, son. Tom. Tom sees it in what? Who? Tom, me? We tell you to be patient. We're, you, we're, look, Tom, Chili has all, we, we, the force is strong with him. We are building him up in the ways of the Jedi. And the interesting thing about Luke Skywalker. What's a Jedi? 
a Jedi is like a an elite warrior, a, a righteous warrior that fights with the force, the good force in the Star Wars movie. There's this good there, sacrilegious. There's good and evil in Star Wars, right? And the good force, the Jedi feels that and follows that. And so Luke Skywalker actually ends up becoming like the savior of That sounds like pantheism. The, uni- the universe. Oh, hey, dude, that's all Hollywood does. That sounds like pantheism. You you do realize that all Hollywood does over and over and over again is copies the script of the Bible. Well, because there's no better story. <clears throat> out I need there. to watch Star Wars then and uh, well, I'm never going to, but I I'd like to study the uh whatever you want to call it, religious uh connotations in it. That'd be interesting. It's it's a great it's really a great series. Now the new ones I, I'm I'm not much of an advocate for them, but the old ones that came out what and I guess in the seventies and eighties, they're pretty epic. Good man. force and bad force. It sounds like transcendentalism maybe an oversoul yeah. with um, a good for mm, that's interesting darth vader is obviously part of the the evil mm. force i've heard of him yeah um anyways well, so, who are you talking to tom what what does he say about me he just he knows the force is strong in you he just he he just knows we've got to hone that in tom don't worry he's expending time what is he worried with, about me he's spending time with yoda Every day. He See, just knows you need tootling. Is he worried about me or does he think I've got potential? Speak. No, he ain't worried about you. Dude, speaking of this paddle trip, what about this daggone alligator, dude? Brett just sent us a picture of this gator that was harvested on the Altamaha River. 11 foot 6 inches. This joker is a beast, son. Yeah. I did not know that something like that lived in Georgia. <laughs> it is is going to be amongst might, us. Might be easing on up. Yeah, on my sandbar, <laughs> sunning. I, I mean that joker right there. He's serious. <laughs> we may need you may need to pull off in the woods a little ways. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that if if we see something like that, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> no, serious, I ain't looking to tackle one like that. When they get in double digits, man, that's grown. You's more thinking along the scale of about this coffee table, wasn't you? No, about the size of that soundboard. Right <laughs> oh, okay. Except <laughs> you can just reach down with with your hand, and if it gets you, you might just get a little cut on your face. Yeah, you get a few prick marks, you know. That one right there take the top half of your body off. Yeah, that joker right there, he could get you a whole top of your head and shoulders in his mouth. He'd roll with you for a while. He's a terrible unit, son. What'd they kill him with? I don't know. I don't know if they trapped him or shot him or what the world. I don't even know. Why would you even want to kill an alligator that big? They eat it or... Uh, get the skin or what? Probably both. That joker's a beast, dude. I'm fired up about this mess. I mean, I'm fired up. I found my cast iron skillet. Did you? Yeah. Nice size. Chili's really upset about this uh, because, you know, Chili, we don't know what's going on with him, but 
he wants to do this trip. Glad you finally admitted it. Very primitively. And so now we're actually going to bring food and stuff. And Chili's upset about that. And, and now he's making fun of us saying that we should just eat at restaurants along the river every night. Well, there actually are some. There's like two. <laughs> yeah, well, one at the beginning, one at the end. So we'll get a good meal at a restaurant, and then we'll paddle 130 miles, then get another good meal at a restaurant, and then be done. Well, you're acting like I'm going. We don't need to get into that again, but I just um, made fun I, of how y'all were doing it. I didn't want to do it primitively. I just, you know. Well, I, I, I can't even get into that right now. <laughs> get them in a bad way. Um, what I want to talk about on today's podcast is your health. The choices that you make about... Um, your personal health, all right? And I think I want to hit it from a couple different angles. First being how your health affects your spiritual life. Second of all, about how your health affects society. Third of all, about how your health affects the people that love you. All right. And I'm not talking this this conversation doesn't pertain to people who have a chronic illness that is not a result a direct result of a poor health decision. Yeah. All right. So if you have some chronic illness now I'm not talking about this diabetes thing. This diabetes um, epidemic that you bring on yourself. Th yeah, th this is part of this conversation, okay? You, you bring that on yourself. W which one is that? Type 2? Well, yeah, type 1, you're essentially... Type 1. Born with. You're or, born or, with. Or, you know, develop as a child with your, your pancreas doesn't function. Okay, so that's what we're not talking about. People that have sicknesses like that. You have no control over that, man. And then type 2 is... I guess there would be some arguments to be made that it's not directly a lifestyle thing, but essentially it is. It's a, you know, you develop insulin resistance. You eat so much sugar and such a poor, you know, so, so little acti activity level and, and such a high sugar, low quality diet that you develop insulin resistance, which turns into you teaching your pancreas not even how to produce insulin when you take in glucose. And then it just gets so out of whack that you develop diabetes and have to take, you know, insulin the rest of your life so yep you know as i thought through how our our health our physical health affects our relationship with uh with jesus and and our prayer life and our our spiritual life it was interesting because i was reading through daniel and i saw something in here that uh that was pretty cool, I thought. And so here's where uh, the book of Daniel, this is in chapter 10. Daniel essentially is is looking for the answer to a, a, a vision. And uh, it says he was mourning for three full weeks and he ate no pleasant bread, neither came fresh, uh, neither came flesh, so no bread, no meat, and no wine. 
uh, neither did he anoint himself at all for three weeks. So essentially, it sounds like this is this is where the Daniel fast thing came from, right? And so he's just cut all pleasantries out of his diet. Uh, he's just eating for substance. It sounds like. And when he did this, finally he receives an answer to his prayers. An angel comes to him, and here's what the angel that comes to him, the heavenly messenger, says in in verse 10, it says, And behold, a hand touched me. This is Daniel. Um, And the angel says, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee I am now sent. Daniel stands up, and then in verse 12, he says, the angel says to Daniel, uh, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and chastened yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I am come for your words. And this was interesting to me because there was a kind of a two-part thing here that the this heavenly messenger that's bringing the answer to Daniel's prayer to him, there's two things that he points out that allowed Daniel to reach a place where he received this answer to prayer. And it was first Daniel set his heart, uh, put his heart in a good place, a place where he was truly trying to understand what God wanted to speak to him. And the second was he cha- he chastened or chastened his body. All right. I feel like making good decisions about your health, a huge piece of that is your diet. A huge piece is what is your diet. And if you are going to make healthy choices about the things that you eat, you are going to have to do on some level what Daniel did here, and that is chasten yourself. This is part of making good decisions about your health. And we see when we hone in the ability to chasten ourselves um, that it actually puts us in a position, I think, where we can hear we can hear uh, God speaking to us in whatever way He decides to do that. If you're doing it for that reason, yeah. If you're doing if you're doing it for that reason, that's yeah. exactly right. But I I even think overall, having a healthy physical body and making good health decisions is going to put you in a position to where you are you are really closer to to Jesus in your day-to-day walk because you just simply feel better, man. Like, your mind is clearer. Mm-hmm. You can understand things better. If you're on a good schedule, you're going to spend more time in God's Word and in prayer. If you're sick and you feel like crap, it's hard yeah. to take that time, like... You're just in a fog, man. And, you know, I I also think we talk about chastening ourselves. 
and especially for the reason of spiritual growth, it, it brings me to the example when, when uh, the disciples were trying to cast this demon out of this person and Jesus comes to them and says, man, the disciples are like, what the world, man? We can't get this thing out. Jesus casts it right out. He says, well, this one only, this one only goes out through prayer and fasting. Yeah. And there, again, we see an example of chastening ourselves and choosing choosing to make these decisions in order to, Jesus says it specifically, accomplish this task. Well, and Paul says, I discipline my body. That's the one I, that's the one I wanted to look up to read through that um, because that was the other verse that really came to my mind. This is where you guys talk. Well, a lot of it was, I, I don't... <laughs> I don't, well, I'm confused about the parallels you're drawing between eating like a healthy diet and fasting. I mean, like what Daniel did was Daniel more did was of a, a healthy diet. Well, yeah, but what they was talking about specifically there was more of just a fast. I mean, he cut out like meat and everything, you know, I mean, it was more of the, the benefits that a fast can do spiritually and, you know, well, I, I mean, I think I'm not saying he didn't eat healthy I'm, or, or wasn't even talking about that. I'm just saying, I think. There's well, two different things because you could argue that for your physical health, a prolonged fast is not like the best thing to do. Yeah. You know what? I, what I'm saying is that every time your body is inclined to eat unhealthy things, yes. Okay, your body is all well, your, your your mind is. Look, even primitive cultures, if they could get their hands on donuts, well, that's for survival. All they would eat is donuts. You're inclined to eat fat, high carb stuff like that's that. That's exactly that will right. Build body fat to protect you from if you go if you have to go forced prolonged periods of time without food. That's right. That's why. So and that, but see the the fact that I don't know the percentage. I don't do percentages anyways. But the fact that when I go down here and ride by the Texas Roadhouse. The people that I see coming out of the Texas Roadhouse are either fat or they're they're either so fat they can barely walk or they're so old they can barely walk. They're either fat or old. And um or chilly. And and so that is because is simply because these people have given in to this primal urge to literally eat crap constantly we can go to the texas roadhouse and get a steak and salad uh, yeah okay but they're not doing that <laughs> they're not doing that okay all right so here here's here's the correlation here the correlation is every time you choose to make a healthy decision as it revolves around your diet you are having to chasten a certain part of your flesh it's going against this primal urge for you to eat complete junk all the time. That's the correlation. And 1 Corinthians was the part that Blake was talking about here. Paul says, do you, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable prize, but we and an imperishable so, I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. And here's the third part of this. As a, as a servant of Christ publicly, this, my health, 
publicly serving Christ. My health is bigger than me. Paul specifically says, I discipline my body and keep it under control. He's speaking of his physical body. So that after preaching to others, I should not become disqualified. It's really it, bringing your flesh into submission. Yep, it, it is. And it's making, it, it's making the conscious effort to do that. And, and I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I can't listen to a fat preacher. I, I just can't do it. I can't get over it. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's. I'm, I'm sure that's not right. Okay, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not putting down some rule here that if you're, if you're, if the pastor, if your local pastor is overweight, that you should discredit him. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that as a servant of Christ. We do not take this as seriously as we should take it because the world is watching you. Well, it's a sign of hard work if you're not. And the Bible talks plenty enough about hard work. Yeah. The world is watching you. And if you are looking dumpy and professing Christ, guess what the world that doesn't know Christ thinks about you? They think you're freaking dumpy because that's what they can see. Yeah. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, what do people do after a gathering, uh, a church service? It's traditionally, they well, leave I mean, there and they go and pig out, man. And there's a bunch of dumpy folks yeah. that, that, fill these, that fill these church buildings. And I'm going to tell you, it's a problem within the body of Christ, and it affects your ability to witness, it affects your service to Christ, and it affects it affects your ability, in my opinion, to be connected with Christ. Your dumpiness does. Yeah, I think it discredits what you're saying to an extent, and it can cause other people... To be to be confused or to stumble, in in the same way that maybe drinking a beer when someone sees that, like, and they have this unclear thought of what what that is, you know. But I think with it going back to the fasting, like it's your intent behind being healthy and and eating a good diet. I think you're right in the fact that you do have a much clearer mind like while you're doing it and even after and just day to day you have a clearer mind and therefore you're able to operate better but there are plenty of fit people who don't have a relationship with God and, and therefore they're not connected to God so it's not like this miraculous thing where you get fit and all of a sudden now you hear God definitely I think that can happen through fasting so if your intent is saying all right look I'm going to get in shape because I know I should and part of this is going to be me eating healthier for Jesus. And, and when you make that decision, then I think you get those things from it. But you can't just be a Christian and just work out and eat healthy and not connect the two. And I, in my opinion, you're not going to really, it's not going to be much different. If you don't do it for the intent and be conscious of it while you, like when you say, dang, I really want that donut. And then you remember, well, I'm doing this so that I'll be connected to God more and I will also be healthier. 
So then it reminds you of God in that moment because you want the donut and you're not eating it because of this. Yeah. Because of Jesus. So it reminds you of Jesus and it's just those little things throughout the day that replace the thought of the food. Well, it kind of comes into, it, it all comes into how you view food. Are you using food as fuel for your body to survive? Or are you eating food for, for pleasure and enjoyment? I mean, it really is a, it's a fundamental difference in how people the view. Pl- the pleasure is connected to the primal instinct or, or, that you have. Or though. how, well, or how you, it, I mean, it's how you view food, man. Like if, if you view food through the lens of like, cause you have to make a decision for everything you're going to eat. So if you sit down at dinner and, in, and, and you can either ask yourself two things. You can ask yourself, what do I want to eat tonight? Or what is the best thing for me to fuel my body tonight? Those are two totally different questions. If you ask yourself that question, you're going to eat one thing. If you ask yourself, what do I, what does my flesh want to eat tonight? You may eat you're something. You're going to eat a short rib. <laughs> you're going and then eat, you're going to have to run off from the podcast. The salt rib. Day. I mean, you see what I'm saying though? There's a yeah. fundamental difference in how you look at food. What is food? Is it is it a is it a means to I don't know how to say this and not sound weird like is it to get pleasure or is it to fuel your body to survive and perform the tasks that you want to perform? Yeah, but that that's the part that takes the discipline is getting to that point where it you you, you, you just have to view food different. Well, that but that. Food is fuel. I mean, I, I dispute that because again, the pleasure that you get from eating sweet, fatty, unhealthy food—that pleasure is coming from a a a, a response that's hardwired yeah, into your you, your body is giving you that pleasure so that you will continue to yeah, do well, that. You're biologically, because you actually do need some of that. Yeah. So like, like takes, you actually need fat and and protein and salty foods when you're working hard. But like, the body is weak. It, it wants you to keep eating that, right? So well, the, the it takes chastisement of the body in order to bring that into subjection. Well, it has no like discernment. The body is just the body. It, yeah. It doesn't know that. Uh, well, you're living in America and you can get food at the drop of a hat at within five <laughs> minutes. It it just knows you need it and it's just going to keep telling you, I need it, I need it, I need it. And that's where your brain comes into play and you say, well, I, I, I mean, understand you, you think you need it, but you really don't. You know, nutrition is very difficult to nail down. And, and the, the, the biggest thing in my estimation of nutrition is actually not nutrition at all. It's your lifestyle. How active are you? How much are you working and yeah. bringing yourself into physical submission? Because we do live in a strange world, man. All throughout history, it's been changing like what you have access to. Yeah, I mean, it's weird that we can even eat bananas. Yeah. We live in Georgia. Georgia and Tennessee. Like, we shouldn't be able to eat bananas. They come on a plane in a crate and ship them to, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just, we don't, you used to could only eat local, what you'd find. And we eat packaged goods all the time. I mean, it's, it's just, we live in a strange world and some of that stuff is not healthy for you, but it's all broken down into... Your body needs those things that Chad's talking about. You being hardwired to desire, it actually needs those things. That's why it's hardwired to 
to think that. Yeah. But it doesn't mean like people go crazy with that in a, in a society of excess. Yep. So if you're bringing yourself into submission and you don't eat, you know, more than you're putting out, generally you're going to be okay. I mean, cause there is no perfect diet for, for everyone to eat. Yeah. Like some so, people have different. So let, let's now let's transition to how your decisions around your personal health impact society or culture or your community. All right, let's transition on that. I think we disagree on this a little bit. Yeah, you might. I mean, you what might. do you think? So I'll, I'll give you the most. I'll give you the most basic example that I could um, that I can formulate here. When society collapses, it will reset to the way it was. Oh, so you're already cheating. Okay. So when when it does reset, I agree with you. It will reset to the way it humans were meant to live. Okay, um, which is it will be small communities of people that are working uh, to survive. Essentially, each person will be contributing a skill, a task, a, a purpose um, in order for the community to survive. So. Uh, when that happens, whether it's my lifetime or hundreds of years from now, uh, say I have, say I have taken control of a piece of land, because by the way, when this happens, no, no land doesn't belong to anyone. You, you, what you can hold is yours. So say I have this piece of land and I'm looking to build a community because, I want to live in community because that's the way God designed us as humans to live. And it will inevitably happen. Yeah. All right. So I'm looking for members of, I'm looking for members to come in and be a part of this community so that we can all thrive. I am not going to accept a person who makes poor decisions about their personal health. I am not going to accept that person to be a part of my, not my community, but the community, because that person will be nothing but a liability to the community. They may be able to contribute little bits here and there, but ultimately they will simply be a liability. So on a grander scale, the U.S. healthcare spending is growing rapidly. In 2019, uh, we spent 3.8 trillion, which is eleven thousand five hundred eighty-two dollars per person on healthcare. All that, right, that's not your tax money either, by the way. They just printed that. Yeah, your tax money gets sent into a big vat and they burn who, it. Who spent that? Like the that's the average that each American person spent on their own health care, or if you took the total the total spending, uh, and that's the total spending of American the United States citizens spending on their own. Well, yeah. eh, it'd be policies. I it, mean, it, insurance companies. Is okay, spent, essentially, yeah. So if you if you divvied it up, then every single American, if you divvied it up perfectly, every person. Spent eleven thousand 
$582 on healthcare in 2019. All right? Well, the interesting thing is in 2019, I don't even think I went... I haven't been to the doctor in probably three years. So I didn't actually spend anything. Right? I didn't spend anything. But there are a lot of people out here that spend a lot more than their $11,582. They spent hundreds of thousands, if not millions, well, and some on people, their personal health care. Right? Have, they're, you know, it's, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> but, but, Blake but I, asked about the statistic. I don't know the details either, but it could be people with cancer and stuff. Well, yeah, yeah, so but, that's uh, but that's not what we, we established right. in the beginning of right. this conversation. Right. Those aren't the people we're talking about. We're talking about the diabetic, the type 2 diabetic that has eaten them, that have made the conscious decision to eat themselves to death to the point that now they have to go to the doctor and get this prescription to keep themselves alive because of a choice they made to eat themselves to death. Okay, that's the type of people we're talking about. Well, all right, but now I like to have health insurance, right? It, but even so, even though I'm not going to the doctor, because we have a large portion of society that is choosing to be unhealthy, guess what that does to my health insurance? Even though I'm choosing to be healthy, it forces me to pay a premium that is dang near impossible to afford. Yeah. Okay. So that's how I'm paying my eleven thousand dollar a a year health care bill. I'm paying that into my health insurance that I don't really need. I just keep it there as an emergency policy, right? So this, in my opinion, is how you, if you are a a if you are an un, uh, unhealthy person. Because of your lifestyle choices, you are burdening the healthy people of your nation directly. You are burdening us. And this is how a unhealthy population actually burdens a society or a nation and literally just will eventually run it to the ground. Not only from this perspective... But also just from the perspective of how per, how productive are you within your local community? How what what how does this affect your contribution to your community? If you are literally sustaining life with some using multiple prescription drugs to keep you alive because you've ate yourself and set yourself to death. You ain't going to you you are not going to be putting the maximum contribution that you can put into your community if you're living that lifestyle. So you're you're just dr literally dragging the community down. All right? Your health decisions, your personal health decisions are bigger than you. And you may not give a crap. Well, you may not give a crap. That just tells me you're a selfish person. Yeah. Well, the reason that that happens is because people 
do that, they get so overweight and they start to have health problems and they go to the doctor. And instead of the doctor saying, look, man, you know, you're having these problems because of your diet and lack of exercise. <laughs> and, and, you know, let's do some things right now to... Says to, no doctor ever. To fix these problems. And then, you you know, you need to start shedding some pounds. Instead, they make it sound like... Uh, that's all right, man. A lot of Americans have this high blood pressure and wh- whatever it is, you know, cholesterol, whatever you got. A pill think. will fix it. Yeah, and so yeah, let me just get you this, man. We we got to do this all the time. So they think, oh dang, this isn't a big deal that I that I have this. This Write isn't you a script. This isn't my fault that I'm this way, and so that they lose the ownership of their own thing and think it's okay, you know, of their own health. And I mean. I know it's maybe getting off topic a little bit, but I think that's why it happens. If they went to a doctor and a doctor told them, hey, you just need to lose some weight, man. This stuff will go away. I'll get you something to help you out for the next couple months until you get back down to where you need to be, and then it'll go away. You just stop taking it. Then I think people, a lot more people would take ownership of it, and maybe if you're on this listening and you're overweight, like we're not dogging you out. It gets aggravating, but we're not sitting here dogging you out. If you didn't know it, then go make an effort to start changing it because I could legitimately – people live different lives than we than we live. And they there are people out there that this has probably never crossed their mind. They think, I'm, I'm just out of shape. Why should anyone else give two craps if I'm fat and out of shape? This is my life. And, <laughs> and that's just – I mean, really, just people – and you have that right. That's the that's they the do. key. But yeah. but some people live the life and they really like they they don't know any. They haven't considered it enough to know the difference. So we're not saying that you have to be healthy. You have to go do this stuff. In my mind, the perspective we're giving is here are the reasons why you should. It would help you. Yeah, why you should not be in that shape because not only will it help you, but it'll help the rest of society and and you will be a greater contributor. So. I know Chad gets fired up about it, and it might seem like he's uh, he's chastising you. And, and to a sense, maybe you need to be. But seriously consider this and don't just take offense to it and say, well, well whatever, I'm, I'm not going to fool with that, you know? Yeah. I'm I, not trying to mandate free uh, – uh, no. I'm not trying to mandate some physical health plan for yeah. anybody. I, I ain't, I'm not trying to ban Coca-Cola's. I'm not trying to ban – Donuts. Yeah. I ain't trying to do none of that. If you want to be a big nasty, <laughs> you are free. <laughs> you, is, you can do it. This is what but, I wanted to but, get to. But I'm telling you straight up, I don't like it. Well, <laughs> this is what I've been wanting to say is like, I don't care as much about the society, like like your contribution to society. That That's... That gets muddy. Like, it's for your family, man. It's for your relationship with Christ. Like, to be healthy and to take care of yourself for, you know, things bigger than yourself. And and then that extends to the larger community and society as a whole. You know, as a result, it just naturally does. You may care more about it one day when you have two kids and you have to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month in health insurance you may care more about it then but that that's that's the point and you know if you but if you i mean so that's the reasons to do it but yes it's it's a you have to say we're not trying to 
mandate certain thing. I don't want to take away somebody's individual liberty to be able to sit in their house and smoke five packs of cigarettes a day. If that's what they want to do, yeah. go for it. I don't recommend that. I think you're being a detriment to your family and, and, and you know, by extension, everything past that. But, yeah, and, and as far as, like, when I have kids and pay insurance one day, insurance is a scam, man. I mean, what? I, all I, kinds I, of insurance, if what? you don't have, and then you have to, something comes up and you have to pay for it, yeah. well, you're screwed. But, unfortunately, you got to be a part of that. Well, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Insurance is definitely a scam. Yeah, but, but you, you, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna go down here and and partake in this, um, in this health, like if you don't just want to let your sick child lay on the floor and and hopefully get better, you got to be a part of it, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. So, and then I think that leads us right into a part that Blake is very passionate about and how. It is that your decisions around your personal health impact your family. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, that the the first topic we hit on about spiritual, I got some, I'll, I'll mention one other thing later on about that, but I'm passionate about that and also for the family because for me, like, I do my best to stay in as good a shape as I can so that I can be around for my family as long as I can because how selfish would it be of me to get bad out of shape, have these medical problems, so the family incurs a greater financial burden. So while I'm still alive, I'm doing nothing but just sapping energy and money and everything from what could go into other fun things and beneficial things for my family. But also, I'm going to die an early death. Yeah, I mean, that's just more than likely, you know. And then, you are pa then, then you're passing all of these extra... You're no longer around to help your family. Especially as... I mean, I'm the only one who works. So in my, in my situation, if I die, look at the, the burden I have just left my wife and kids with. And then, so, I mean, that's one aspect of it. And another one is of my kids' grandparents. Like, for for them, I want it to be important to them to stay in shape because, man, they love to go to nanny and poppy and grammar. That's what they call them. My yeah. wife's dad and, and my mom and dad, they love them. And I want them. I want them to take it serious because I want them to be around a long time and see the grandkids grow up. I don't want to have to tell them, eh, you know, they're you, you're not. They've passed away. You can't go. You can't go see them anymore. I mean, to be honest, if it was something that was health related that they could have changed, I'd be pretty ticked about it for a while because that's a dang tough conversation to have with your kid. And yeah. so, to me, that. That is why that's why it's bigger than you. Like society, America, I I get those things and they make sense. For whatever reason, I'm just not as passionate about it. Like it, it makes sense. You're a family man, Blake. Yeah, I mean I I am. You're just a family man. If I'm out on the street corner holding up a sign, it's uh be healthy for your family. Yeah. It's not be healthy for America. That's just I mean, that's just the way Boy, I think about things, but yeah, I mean, that's... Well, and Blake, you know, it, for me also on that topic, 
it's not just so that you can hopefully have more life and more time to spend mentoring, loving, and pouring into the younger generation um, as a grandparent, as a father, as a mother. It's also, and, and, and almost even bigger, that how it impacts your ability to show up yeah. day to day. And what are you able Say, say you, you know, because death, death can come from all That's different it. angles, but with the time that you do have, are you able to show up and be a hundred percent for that person on that day? It's the and, quality of yeah, your time. the quality. What are you able to do with that person? Yeah. Can you, can you take that young person that loves you, looks up to you and wants to learn from you? Can you take them out into places and environments and, and things where you can actually participate yep. in their lives? Yeah. You know, that's huge, man. Yeah, and it's selfish if you don't. If, if you choose not to, essentially what you're saying is, my desire to not eat healthy and be active is more important to me than... Your, than your family. That That is what your actions right. are saying. You might not actually, your brain might not actually process that, but that's what your actions are saying and what you're doing is that, man, I, I really do love my family, but I'm going to eat this uh, donut and and not do anything and just because that's just what I'm yeah. going to do. And, and for, you know, there's so much more that plays into this than we're just attacking diet for the sake of time. But when we're talking about overall health, you know, there's so much more that plays into it because, yes, for a lot of people, they are unhealthy because they are selfish and they don't want to chastise themselves and put in the work to be healthy. It's work to be healthy, man. Yeah. You got you got to set some time aside. To, to, to do that, right? Yeah. But but there's uh, there's all kinds of other things that your mental health plays huge into that. I'd say uh, one of the major contributing factors to people being obese and unhealthy is the fact that their mental health has gone to freaking crap, it's man. Stress. Yeah. It, it, it's Cortisol. The, yeah, it's stress. It's it's being depressed. It's it's being in, in, in situations in life where you're just unhappy with mm-hmm. the way your life is, man. And, and then it's choosing the easy route and just staying in that freaking rut, man. Yep. And and not getting out and, and changing the game for yourself, man. It, there's so many layers to this. But, man, it's so true. Well, the, the biggest thing for me is, and this is hypothetical but what if you died and you're christian and you go to heaven and god says man chad i had a lot more stuff for you to do down there but cause your health decisions you've just destroyed your temple that i've given you and and you can no longer you've essentially shortchanged yourself right like you had a i mean i don't know this could be debated or whatever but your some some people will. yeah some people might say well if you got more work to do God will sustain you I don't I don't buy into that I mean we have free will we can make decisions with our body and we can be smart with it and be a good steward of of this body that we're given right and if you choose not to and you shortchange your life here what other people what other Christians what other people would have never heard the gospel 
because you died an early death or or the quality of your life there like like you just feel like crap and you're like man I'm I don't have the energy to go out and tell people about Jesus whatever it is but can you imagine like just think about that if you were standing before Jesus who made everything and he and says, died for you yeah and died for you and he says and you I had some more stuff for you to do down there what 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 the world or he, dude that leads me to a, a very interesting thought I have no basis for scripture on this but it leads me to the thought of I wonder if the choices that you make the things that you're in control of with your free will if that influences at all how Jesus decides to use you within the body of Christ yeah if Jesus don't look at you and say this joker is just destroying himself. I can't send this joker on his mission, man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to have to find somebody else to do this mission because this joker can't walk 50 yards. Yeah. But with his foreknowledge, he knew you wouldn't have, you were going to make those decisions anyway. I know. It's interesting. We can't comprehend it, obviously. We I'm can't just sitting comprehend here thinking it. about free will. We need to. Well, and you got, you know, that goes, we talked a little bit about it when we did the punk. Podcast with podcast the podcast <laughs> with corn and and he was talking about like you know I knew this was something God led me to do on to go to the basic course and he said I either knew he was going to speak something to me or he needed me to go be there for somebody else and he said you know he gutted it out but he said if my fat butt was in better shape how much more could I have served those people there. And so, you know, that's a good a good thought. You got to be ready to go do whatever. It might be going out and hiking in the wilderness for three days. And if you ain't in good enough to shape to do that, then you've just screwed it up. Yeah. 100%. Well, this was the conversation that I wanted to have. Um, I thought it was wonderful. Thought it was wonderful. Uh, Trilly. You didn't say much on this one, but, you know, you got your words in on the last one, so <laughs> hope you're satisfied. I don't need to hit a word limit or a word count. All right. Well, let's wrap it up because I got to go out and hit the head. I'm done. <laughs> Love you guys. Enough said.